0: Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message from the Kalamazoo, Michigan campus. For more info on the church, visit newdaycommunity.org. Good morning. Um, so, I am going to be sharing unhappy family. And... Um, as as a uh, Cameron, um, we get together as a leadership team, and Cameron will tell us, "Wow, this sounds really loud. Is this really loud it's like Oh okay that's just really echoey um, so he uh, tells us what our mess or what our topics are, and then um, we um, decide what we 're going to be sharing on he, he decides, and then we like he does the umbrella and then we pick topics and so um as I was praying about this, I was like, "Oh, good! I get to talk about happy family." So I'd really love—I would love it if I could get up here and just share with you my Facebook happy family, you know, the one that I put out there for everyone to see, and is perfect and wonderful, and and not talk about the things behind Facebook. But um, so so as I was prepare, as I was um thinking about this, I was like, "Okay, God, what like?" what does it take to be a happy family what does it take and this is what popped into my head oh it didn't work yeah right that's all you need now i i honestly i'm i'm not really a beatles fan i mean so it's not like it's something in my repertoire of music but i really did feel like wow god wanted to talk about love and um as i was i was thinking about you know all you need is love and you know the beatles say it's easy well I mean, I think they got the right message that, you know, all you need is love, but I think the whole easy part, maybe not so much. And so, um I decided to go to um the authority on what, you know, what love actually is. And and as I looked through um I started researching in the Bible. Uh, this I'm going to share with you. I work at a school and I'm a sign language interpreter if you don't know. And um I work in lots of different classrooms in a high school. So I go with a student who goes to math class or um, a student who goes to econ or whatever. And so I interpret what the teacher says and and I voice what the kid is signing. And so that's what my job is. And I'm in a government class this um, semester. And the teacher has been teaching on government. And um, he always talks about current events. And one of the things that he was sharing about was something to do with, you know, Christians have been in the media lately, not necessarily in a good way. We've kind of, you know, some Christians have been in the news, and, and I can't remember exactly what the situation was, but um, he said to me something about, well, and this was on the side, he said something about, well, the Bible, you know, I'm not exactly sure, but you know, because you're, you're a Christian, so you can tell me if if I got it right or not, and I said, oh, and it, yeah I know I know the Bible but really um, it's just a guidebook or I can't remember what I said and he goes "Um, yeah but it's got all those rules and God immediately gave me a word so good and I said you know what's interesting is you're teaching government and you're teaching about the Constitution and what does the Constitution do for Americans it guarantees our freedoms, right? I mean, that's what the Constitution does. We have a whole bunch of rules that guarantee we're free, that we have, you know, we have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's what the entire Constitution is, is to guarantee our freedoms. And I said, you know, the Bible is the same kind of thing. It guarantees your freedoms. It is a guidebook of what you can do to be free from sin and death and condemnation and shame that's what the bible does it is a guidebook it is rules that help you guarantee that you are free and um i just thought that was so good isn't that good i just like oh that's so good god i really like that so um so i um am i started looking through the bible at the word love And I got a little hung up because um, I was using a program that Cameron recommends. And if you type in love, it'll tell you all the references for it. So in the Old Testament, love is in there a bunch of times. But they had several different words for love. Okay, so like one of them, and I'm not going to butcher Hebrew, okay, is is spelled A-H-A-B. And it was used two times to mean affection and uh, 212 times to mean friend and then the feminine derivative of it was 47 times to mean you know compassion and so it went on and on and on and so they're like you know two times 200 times 40 times and so they had a different word for the word love and then one of the words was um, M-I-N and then there's two other um, variations of spelling but it means because of or I out of um or out of your sense of and this is the one where they were talking about out of god's love for his people and it is said used seven thousand five hundred and twenty four times that that was in the old testament so i'm like wow god's like serious about his love and um and then you go to the to the new testament which is written mostly in greek because um, Hebrew was for just the Israelites, you know, that's the language they spoke. Well, in the New Testament, the um, world was mostly using Greek, and so a lot of the, the New Testament was written in Greek, as far as I understand in my limited biblical knowledge. <laughs> so in um, Greek, the Greeks actually have four words for love. Um, so there's the one that's called, it's storge, S-T-O-G-E or S-T-O-R-G-E, which means a family love. It's the kind of love that you have in a family. And then there's Eros, which is the passion or desire. And then there's, and neither one of those are mentioned in the New Testament or used in the New Testament. Um, But Philia is brotherly love, like Philadelphia, is mentioned 30 times. And then there's the agape love, which has two different, and it's mentioned like 200 and 67 times or something like that so what is my point my point is we have one word for love we have no like we don't have differences for family or for brotherly love or for agape love which is what God has and and so we say I love ice cream and I do love ice cream but it's not the same way that I love my husband or that I love my kids I mean if ice cream went away I would be sad but not the same sad I would be if I didn't have my husband or my kids and so um, so I wanted to find out well what is I'm sorry that I'm just tripping over here and it's really bugging me thank you <laughs> so I wanted to look at what love is and so I went to uh, 1 Corinthians 13, which describes um, agape love, the kind of God, uh, love that God has for us and the kind that he wants us to have for one another. And so, is this in the right spot? Can I get to the next slide awesome thank you so this is the this is the passage and we all know it I mean if, if you've read the Bible at all it, people quote it at weddings and and um, when I was a child <clears throat> I grew up in a home where we went to a church I told you my parents I don't know if I told you this or not my parents are deaf and so hence why I'm a sign language interpreter but um, when I was growing up we went to a church actually my mom was raised Baptist and my dad um, I found out much later in life he went to a reformed church and but because they couldn't hear there weren't interpreters there and so when they got married and they had us we went to church um, but we went where there was an interpreter so we went to a Lutheran church and um, at that time I I got involved with a group called Youth for Christ Campus Life when I was a kid, and I went and did this Bible study, and they gave me, I still have my Bible that they gave me, and I was in this Bible study, and I, I knew nothing, I mean, I'm not slamming the Lutheran church, but I didn't know any scriptures, I did not learn the Bible when I was at church, and um, I was at a Bible study, and I have my I had my Bible marked up, which was, I would never have done until I went to this Bible study and um, the passage uh, first Corinthians 13 was one that I learned and it was the the first scripture that I memorized and I memorized the section we just watched the section that's before you and um, and it was so powerful to me that I used I mean I see it's like seriously highlighted (laughs) in in the margin love never fails i i'm like this this i i clung to this i kind of missed it though because what i clung to was this is how people should love me this is how if you if i know that you're actually loving me if you do this i think i might have missed that whole doesn't judge, you know, when others do it wrong. I, I, I might have missed those a little bit. And as I was uh, growing up, you know, and I was, at the time, I was 15. So in all of my 15, I know everything knowledge, <clears throat> I may not have applied this the way that God intended. And um, there is um, an interesting way to look at you know, I was looking at this from my head, all about me. How do I, and and I hate to say it, but I was pretty, you know, on the ego side was pride and jealousy and self-importance and resentment, a little bit of denial. There wasn't a whole lot of forgiveness or um, freedom or unity. Um, especially when it came to my family, especially when it came to my mom. Now, (laughs) I I have five almost-grown children now, and I will tell you that they don't give you a manual. (laughs) they don't tell you how to how to do things um i mean i don't well they might tell me how to do things but no one else of authority told me how to raise my kids and um so i my mom raised me with what she had and i judged her for it and it was um it was um it was years later so, there, you know, I was in high school for four years. So for four years, I looked at my mom and how she treated me, how she, um, how she tried to raise me as bad. And um, through the years, um, when I got saved, um, came to know the Lord, things started to change a little bit. But I still saw my mom in that picture of... How she treated me for those four years, or how I perceived that treatment for four years and um, and then, as time went on, things actually started to get a little bit worse. Our relationship degraded even more and um, i I still um, I still like saw her on the holidays, I saw her at Christmas, gave her the token gift. Could I leave now? I gave her a card on Mother's Day. Very difficult to do, because I just didn't feel like she was a real great mom. And um, a few years ago, well, I guess it might be like 10 years ago now, I had um, been having some difficulty with the church, feeling like very much like I wasn't a part, um, that nobody cared um, as long as I served. You know, just do your job, do whatever it is that we asked you to do. And at the time, it was potluck, so as long as I was serving in the kitchen, I was good. But I wasn't worth much else. This is how I perceived it. I was also having some issues with my daughter, and I we we were just not communicating very well. And and um, realized that um, I went to get some counseling um, here at church with a trained person, who was um, who sat down with me and we prayed through. And God just showed me that I had judged my mom. And all those times that I thought I had forgiven her, that um, I hadn't actually let her go. Like, I hadn't actually just, I had kept my list, my record of wrongs, and I hadn't let them go. And um, I prayed, and and God just said, you know, "Are are you ready to, like, change this? Are you ready to just really let her go and not keep holding on to this? And so I prayed through and it was amazing the weight that came off. The weight was lifted. Um, I was actually able to go um, and buy, it was right near Mother's Day, and I was able to go and buy a Mother's Day card and feel like I could read them and go, "Wow, yeah, I want to say this to my mom." And in one in the card that I picked, I wrote in there, you know, "Please forgive me for not being the daughter that I should have been." Cuz I knew better. <laughs> um and uh and and it was a very healing thing for me to do that. And I'm not saying that if you have a family member or somebody who you're estranged from, or that has hurt you, that you necessarily need to go to them. But I am saying, if you want freedom, forgiving them is the way to do it. I, there, I, I don't know of any other way to really be free, except to forgive. And so. Um, that that was 10 years ago and slowly over time things have changed between in our relationship and things have have um, have gotten to a place where they're much better than they they ever were and um, and and now she's older too and she's fighting some health issues and they're struggling and and, and her husband is having some issues with some of his memory and and it's caused a lot of problems. And they've asked my sister and I to come and help them, which was really hard for them to humble themselves to do that. And um, so I've been able to go in and, and work with them. And right as I was preparing for this um, uh, two weeks ago, um, I I had a chance to go over there. And she was telling me about a situation that was happening. and. And she was very upset, and I said, no, Mom, just tell me what's going on. And, and she started to cry, and then she said, no, 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 it's okay, it's okay. And I thought, wow, she doesn't even want to tell me. And, and, and she ended up, we had a really great conversation, and, and I was able to be compassionate. I was able to be kind. I was able to be patient. Um, I was able to love her. And um, as I was preparing, I realized, you know, maybe not those four years when I was a teenager. But since then, my mom has loved me First Corinthians 13 way for the next 40 years or 30 years. She has been the epitome of being patient and kind and not keeping a record of wrong. And it was really hard to see that I had thought <laughs> this whole time that she was doing it wrong. And I didn't, I didn't put together that, I, that she didn't love me right until I started preparing for this. But, um, but it, was, it was very humbling to see that she really was the example of loving me. Even when I rejected her, she has never rejected me. You know, she has never judged me. And, um, yeah, and that, that's, a, that's a really amazing thing. Um, now, I, I looked, um, and I'm not sure, boy, this is really dark, isn't it? I'm sorry, I thought it would be better at the other place. So, um, one of the things that you need to also do, I think, is understand that you're capable of this kind of love you're capable of first corinthians 13 love now i i didn't necessarily um always know that about myself but god comes in and says you are capable of doing this because if you say i can't figure it out which is the first line up there god says i will direct your steps in proverbs 4 or 3 5 and 6. if you say i am too tired to do this to love these people around me God says, I'll give you rest in Matthew 11. If you say it's impossible, God says in Luke 18, all things are possible. If you say, nobody loves me, God says, I love you. In John 3, 16, you know, I... Going to go off script here. Um, I did a I did a um, interpreting job this past week. I drove to the other side of the state and um, I, uh, they needed a medical interpreter, and so I went and and um, one of the people there um, that came into the hospital um, was in a situation and and. Uh, And so they were asking questions, you know, the normal intake questions. You know, have you ever had, you know, this disease? you ever had that? You know, have you ever had, you know, surgeries? Blah, 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 blah. You know the, which, what they always ask you. But then they ask, well, um, who do you have to support you? Um, You know, do you have any family? Do you have any friends? And this person said, I have no one. And I thought, oh my gosh, you have no one. You know what, that's not true. He has the Lord. And in that moment, in that place, because of my job and because of ethics and all of the things, I can't, I can't step in and say, did you know God loves you? And, and I wanted to. I wanted to share that. And, and, you know, sometimes when we're in a place where we feel isolated and alone, we need to remember that God does love us. He loves us so much. The Bible says he would leave the 99 to go after the one. That means that if you were the only one here, you were the only one, he would still send his son to die for you. If you were the only one, that's how much he loves you. And that is true for you and the person next to you and the person that you don't like and the person that you do. Every person here on planet Earth he loves that much. It doesn't matter whether we're overpopulated or underpopulated or any of those statistics don't matter. He loves every single person. That is what the Bible says. Um, and as I, was, as I was looking at love, I, I like to know, well, what love is, it's 1 Corinthians 13, but what's the opposite? So I know what not to do, you know? And um, and I found this, and I, and I thought it was really interesting, because the opposite of love is not hate. It's indifference. And what's interesting is that if you really think about it, people who annoy you, people you, um, or if you really, I mean, I've been in places and times in my life where I've, felt strongly dislike. I don't want to say I hated them, but I probably did. But that is out of an emotion, uh, you know, out out of love, that it still ties in because it matters to me what they think or what they do or it matters. It's indifference that's the opposite of love. It's apathy when you just don't care. And um, what's scary to me is I'd gotten to the place, when I was sharing with you about my mom, I'd gotten to a place where she really bugged me, and then, she, then it went further, and I started to not care. And that, that is a scary place, because that's not what God wants us to do. You know, God commissions us to love one another. That's that's what we're here for, is to love one another. And and being indifferent to anyone is not a good thing. It's not what he commands us to do. Um, faith gives us access to God, but love allows us to imitate him. You know, if you're sitting here and you're in this place where you're like, well, I don't know, I, I... I I believe in God. If you believe, that's faith. And then you take it one step further, and it's His love and your love for Him that allows you to be like Him and to imitate what He does. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, spent some time trying to be like jesus you know i mean that's what what would jesus do the bumper stickers and all the stuff and and um you know i so i got i got i have done a lot of healing over the years um and i you know sought help for that and sought god and and felt like i'd really gotten to a place where i was i was doing well (laughs) um and and for those of you who don't know me um i was married before. Um, i married to this amazing man, Ray Spaulding, but before him I was married to uh, a man named John. And we were married for 18 years, 17 years, 18 years. And um, marriage is hard. <laughs> and um, we had some special uh, uh, things that happened to us that were, were extremely hard. And He made some choices that affected his um, health and um, really caused a lot of problems for him and eventually affected our lives. And we ended up getting a divorce. Actually, I divorced him. And um, I am going to tell you that God hates divorce. He does. He hates what it does to people. It's hard. You have two families to spend Christmas with. You have, you know, the animosity between the families and where do the kids go and how does this happen? And it takes two that he put together and it rips them apart. God does not hate divorced people. There is a difference. And I think sometimes the church has not done a very good job of explaining that. God does not hate divorced people. And I was at this church when I made the decision to rip apart our family. And it was, um, I believe, necessary. It was still something that God hates, because it hurts people. And in the beginning, I spent a lot of time privately, and hopefully not in front of my kids, pointing the finger at all the things he done wrong, and because of some of the choices that he's made, um, and and things that have happened in life, um, he is um, dealing with some health consequences that are very hard, and they're very serious, and severe, and um, he also has not um, seen the kids very much, and we, and 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 before I go any further, so my. My boys are in the room, <laughs> and um, before I sound like I'm the good one, um, I listened to God. That's where I was good, and God said, you know, you need to take them over there to to see, to visit him, and um, so I said, you know, guys, let's just stop by there because it's too long to explain, but it, it was hard to set things up and, and whatever, so we just decided to pop in, and uh, they went in, and... and um, their dad said, well, hey, we, we, why don't you stay for a couple hours? And I was like, okay, well, you guys can stay for a few hours. And, and this is just a year ago, okay? So this is, um, we've been divorced seven years, eight years, maybe eight, eight. I don't know. And um, so this is just last year. And um, so I dropped them off, and as I was driving, I felt the Lord say to me, well, first of all, I should let you know that forgiveness, true forgiveness, I believe, Um. True forgiveness is when you can let the other person off the hook and so much so pray for them, pray blessing on them, and maybe even sit down and have a civil conversation with them. That's what real forgiveness looks like. And, um, and so um, as I was driving, I just felt like the Lord said to me, you know, um, things are not okay the way they are in your heart now this is about freedom and it's about freedom for you i'm talking about freedom for me the way the situation was going and the way that we had left it you know when you get divorced i don't know how you leave things it's not always pretty but it wasn't good for me and um i'm not saying that i shouldn't have gotten divorced or that I needed to reconcile or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying. But the way my heart was, the state my heart was in, was not in the right place. And so when I went back, I, I prayed and and I spent a couple of hours just talking with the Lord about what? What 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 is the problem? Well, you know that old adage that when you point one finger at somebody else, three fingers are pointing back, right? And so I realized that one of, my, one of the things that I, that I had done is I had spent so much time pointing fingers that I didn't take any responsibility. And I felt like, you know what, I, I, need, to, I need to remove some of this. I need to unload some of my guilt. And um, so when I went back, I asked the boys to wait outside. And, and I went in and I asked if I could talk to John alone. And, and I was able to um, talk to him and say, you know, Um, I am really sorry for the things that I did in our marriage. Because, and he said, well, I did, and he started listing off the things, and I said, you know, I, I know, but I didn't do everything right either. I am not perfect, and I'm not blameless, and I really would like it if you would forgive me. And uh, he said, of course I forgive you. And he said, I just want you to be happy. <laughs> and um, I'm, not, I'm not saying we're going to go out and have lunch all the time. <laughs> um, but I am saying that there's freedom. And I know that I'm still emotional about it. But it costs something to humble yourself. It costs something to lay your pride aside. But that's what love is. You know, Jesus loved his disciples. He loved Peter, and Peter denied him three times, and he still used him. I don't, I'm, I'm trying my best to love my family the way that God says, which is First Corinthians 13. You know, being patient, being kind. Could you pass those out? Um, so, you know, I, I'm talking about, I know that you probably came here thinking, we're going to talk about our immediate families, you know, our uh, the people you live with. And all of the things that I've just shared totally apply to your household. Um, 1 Corinthians 13 is something you can refer to. And as, as I was preparing, I... I um, I think I have it up here. As I was preparing, I, I wrote down, so what is love? And uh, uh, I looked up in the dictionary, you know, like the first part, it says patient. So patient actually means forgiving, tolerant, gentle, and quiet. And the opposite is, Love is not agitated, rough, troubled, or violent. And sorry, excuse me. And so as you get this list of all these different things that love is, what I challenge you to do right now is look at and if you if you are look at your life and the people in your life and and look at the things that are on the love is not and go, man, I identify with this with my spouse or my son or my daughter or my mother or my father or somebody around you in your family. Maybe it's a cousin that you have to have Christmas with. But if you look at this list and you say, wow, I, I haven't, that's what I'm doing. I'm not loving instead of loving. Then I challenge you to forgive. Maybe it's forgive yourself for how you've you know, held on to something. Maybe it's something that you need to let go of. Or maybe it's the, the other person that you need to forgive. Because it does bring freedom. You know, Jesus came so that we could be free. That's what this is about. And so right now, as, we, um, as I close, I just want you to take a minute and close your eyes. And if there's someone that you need to forgive, I'm just going to walk you through it. And it can be the little things. It can be the little argument you had before you walked into church. <laughs> it, can the, it can be the big things. Be the person that you haven't spoken to in twenty years because maybe you don't even remember. So I'm just gonna pray right now, and you can repeat after me or you can do it in your head, but I encourage you to get free. So Father, I just thank you for the opportunity today to reflect on our lives and our love if if you have somebody in your mind we're just going to go ahead and walk through that right now So, and if you want to repeat after me out loud you can so say Father I choose to forgive and you say the name for and whatever they've done. I release them from any debt they owe me. And Father, I ask for you to forgive me for holding on to this. In Jesus' name. And it really is just that simple. Father, I just pray for every person here that they would experience the freedom that comes with forgiveness. And I just pray that this week be a week that they can reflect on those relationships and, and really strengthen unity within their families. That the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy by little offenses. Father, that you come with forgiveness to mend those fences. We just thank you today, in Jesus' name.